Hello, and welcome back to Cam and Rue Start a Book Club. Rue! <laughs> it's been a long time. Yes, it has. We've been very busy. <laughs> I think we've taken maybe a month and a half off of our regular recording schedule. Um, definitely a few things have just kind of gotten in the way of our regular focus. I have started an um, online class. Uh, we've done some traveling. We've been not feeling so well at times, so it's definitely been a pretty heavy, hectic, busy summer. Although, We have delicious dinner in the oven, and that's the timer. <laughs> All right, well, we will shoot for better consistency. Um, definitely, we had some unplanned things come up that's delayed us, but we are here, and we are ready to start digging into uh, the book, It's Not All Downhill From Here, by Terry McMillan. Uh, first, though, we have some housekeeping. We want to briefly touch on the book for our next episode, the Shadow King by Maza Mengista. Mengista. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book is set during Mussolini's 1935 invasion of Ethiopia. The Shadow King takes us back to the first real conflict of World War II, casting light on the women soldiers who were left out of the historical record. At its heart is orphaned maid Hairu, who finds herself tumbling into a new world of thefts and violations of betrayals and overwhelming rage. And I have to say, I am about halfway through that book, and it really is very interesting. I haven't started it yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't much like war. (laughs) That's true. It is, uh, it's, it is a little bit of a hard read because it does take you through periods of violence. Uh, You definitely feel the main character's uh, emotions as she gets into these kind of upsetting situations, but uh, definitely a good read. I'm really looking forward to uh, the conclusion. It's been a good book for us to pick up. All right, Ru, I think that takes us through our intro. I think we're ready to start digging into It's all Not All Downhill From Here. Normally, we kind of like to go through the path of talking about characters and then themes and then the author. We can stick a little close to that, but I don't know about you. This book was very long. Uh, There were a ton of themes and even more characters, I think. Um, So I was thinking we could start by just kind of talking about the characters that stuck out to us the most or resonated with us the most and then kind of move into some of those themes. It's hard to imagine, though, that we would be able to cover everything in this book. It, it really touched on a lot of different ideas and concepts. Well, it's only 350 pages, <laughs> but it covers a, a great deal of life, mm-hmm. which is why you say it's long. Yeah, I don't mean long and like it took a very long time to read. I definitely moved through this pretty quickly when I had the time to sit down with it. Um, But it did sometimes feel like I was reading three stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can kind of get more into that maybe as we get into themes. But this this was a very interesting read. I will say up front, I'm glad that we read it. I would recommend it. It did make me kind of curious about uh, other books that Terry's written. Uh, One thing that I thought was interesting about it, though, is that she definitely shoots for this kind of feel-good sense. So even though her characters are going through 
these kind of trials and tribulations. Uh, Terry doesn't really like to make them suffer as much as some of the other authors that we've been reading and maybe some of the authors we prefer to read from. So I think there were moments where it felt a little corny because she was shooting for such a happy, feel-good moment, but definitely still a good and fun read. Well, life can be corny, I'm here to tell you. (laughs) I loved the book. Probably because these women are my age, or just under my age. Mm -hmm. So it really hit home with me. I would recommend it. Same. So let's just dig in with the very first character. She's the main character, Loretha Curry. Um, At the point that we come into the book, she's just about to turn 68, and she has a pretty dramatic birthday. Yes, she does. Do you want to tell us about it? She's not, she doesn't want to have the same old party. She goes off with her husband to a a resort to have a romantic interlude with her husband, whom she loves very much. And he goes to do, to run some errand or something while she's in the room. And she begins to wonder why he hasn't returned. And she opens up the door. He's lying dead on the doorstep. Mm Mm-hmm. So he had a heart attack and died. Yeah. So if you're just getting started in this book, don't get too attached to Carl. Yeah, Carl goes pretty quickly. (laughs) Uh, But beyond Loretha, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people, at least from reading online, that people are drawn to this book is the sisterhood that's really tied to the nature of the book. She has, Loretha has four friends, Lucky, Sadie, Corinthia, and Poochie. Um, that really bring different trials and moments of fun to Loretha's life. And they really challenge her to grow when she's going through uh, particularly hard moments in her life, such as the as Carl's death. They are kind of what sometimes pull her forward, mm-hmm. pull her up, uh, sometimes dragging her through to the other side. Yeah, and they've been friends all their lives. These are lifelong friends. Yeah, I thought they were all very interesting characters. Uh, I found that there were moments that they really seemed to mirror back to her the issues that she was dealing with. So um, she may have an issue with one of the other numerous characters in this book. There's a lot to get through. Um, and they would say something to her that would resonate exactly with the issues she, she was facing with that other character. And so they really did kind of hold up those societal issues. Um, and friends do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also have uh, friends like that, Ricky and Tammy and Nancy and Tara and Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> Two of those are my nieces, but also friends. <laughs> so, And they do impact your life in very good ways. Mm-hmm. They each, in turn, had their own challenge. Um, Lucky City, Corinthia, Pucci, they each had their own issue that they were struggling with that was different than Loretha's, and you kind of got to see Loretha and the other ladies support one another. I always thought that their moments together were some of the more enjoyable parts of the book. Yes. They often also got together around food, which is just something I think everyone can relate to and enjoy you really felt that kind of sense of cozy coming together, that sisterhood and their chapters together. Yep, that's exactly what my friends and I do. (laughs) 
we had a book club, but it was pretty much a dinner club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Going beyond her friends, um, her family relationships are a little more complex. She has a sister, Odessa, uh, who is a retired police officer that she often quarrels with. They're twins, but they don't have the same outlook on life. Completely different. And Loretha is the more successful of the two, Mm -hmm. financially, so that causes a problem, too. Mm -hmm. And it can in real life as well, so this definitely presents real life. Mm -hmm. Definitely paralleled well with the the regular kind of sibling Mm -hmm. relationships that we see in real life. Very true. She has a daughter, Jalicia. And she has drug and alcohol problems, issues, and they don't get along well. They are estranged. And Jalicia has a daughter, Cinnamon, whom Loretha calls her space cadet granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is probably more attributable to Cinnamon's youth. Yeah. I think what... Loretha means when she says that there's something to that being young and dumb, Mm -hmm. that you are so inexperienced in life that you really just lack knowledge. Uh, And and I think when I was younger and growing up, I really didn't like that sentiment. I didn't like that statement. It felt very false to me. But as I've gotten older and become more experienced in life, that's one that I really had to rethink. There is value in that, that the older you get, the more you understand about the world around you and how people work. Yeah, but she didn't have a clear-cut view of her granddaughter either, I think, because as the book progresses, you find that the granddaughter is not a space cadet. That's true. She (laughs) has to reimagine the way that she views cinnamon. She has to rethink what her assumptions and and maybe some of her prejudices are Mm -hmm. there. Uh, and really give Cinnamon a a chance. Cinnamon is married as well, and they're living in an apartment in the apartment building that Loretha and Carl own. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which uh, Loretha has another child, Jackson. He's Mm -hmm. the elder. He's married as well to a lady, a Japanese lady, and they live in Japan, and they have... Two daughters, Mm -hmm. very young daughters. Twins. Twins, Uh yeah. Uh, And then there is Loretha's mom. I think that's the other more prominent character that comes from the I loved Loretha's mom. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely uh, was an interesting character. She had some foul language from time to time. She did, and she also was, you know, very feisty. Mm Mm-hmm. And, but she had memory problems, and mm-hmm. she didn't recognize that she had, but Loretha's seeing it. And then she lives in a, not a nursing, an assisted living home. Mm-hmm. And Loretha visits her. Yeah, I think um, just jumping ahead to talking about Terry as an author, I think Terry really used Loretha's mother, her character, to uh, be the more brunt clear, direct, like, kind of in-your-face feedback that Loretha needed at times. Yeah. Although, some of those friends did the job pretty well, too. (laughs) So there are many more other characters, and some are prominent to the book, but I think if we get into any more, we might start giving away some of the mysteries of the book. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Maybe we should 
stop there. Are there other characters, though, that really resonated with you that you do think we should mention? Kwame. Kwame. Mm-hmm. Um, when Carl died, some of his family came from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Comes to their home in California. Yeah. Where uh, they come for the funeral service. Yeah. Anyway, Kwame is one of the young men, and he looks exactly like Carl. And then at some point he tells her that Carl is his father. Mm-hmm. So she has to deal with that. And she deals with it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she kind of takes Kwame in as her own son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in many ways, I, I kind of felt like she was she was giving Kwame the attention that she wanted to give Jalicia. Mm-hmm. So in some ways it felt Filled like the void. Mm-hmm, Kwame was helping fill a need in Loretha, not that it was undeserved. He was, he, he treated Loretha very kindly and definitely paid back. He was very helpful. He called her Mama Lo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was a really interesting character. I think that was an interesting part of Loretha's growth throughout the book. And before we jump into themes, or maybe this is a theme, I think that's something that really resonated with me throughout the book is just the amount of growth that Loretha as a character goes through. I think at this point in our country, we have been talking for what feels like many years now. It almost feels like a decade of talking about different societal issues, whether it's Black Lives Matter, it's economic issues, whether it's gay rights. um, Political (laughs) issues. Political disagreances or affiliations. It just feels like... Sometimes there is a resistance to growth, and and Loretha goes through a lot of growth, and a lot of it's unasked for, a lot of it's forced onto her, Mm -hmm. and she deals with it very gracefully, I think. I think it was really encouraging to see her go through that and be open to learning from the experiences and the people around her. She drug her feet, particularly about her health. (laughs) She did not like her doctor. So there were some there were some challenges that she did less gracefully. <clears throat> but she got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into the health concern, I think the very biggest theme in the book, the underlying root, you said this yourself, Rue, is ageism, and that's really tied into the whole title of the book. You can get to 67, 68 years old and and just shut down and just wait to die. Or you can live your life. And, and a lot of that depends on people around you that you do life with. So she had a good set of people around her. Hmm. Even though her husband died, she got through that because of the people around her. I think what was interesting, too, about seeing her circle of friends, her sisterhood friends, I think that they... Uh, didn't allow her to stop progressing. And many of them faced their own health issues, and they would talk to her about them. They would talk about them as a group. Sometimes forced, they didn't always want to talk about them. They didn't always want to talk about things like colonoscopies. But (laughs) they did um, because they were going, each of them going through some very serious health challenges in their life that just happened from aging these are Mm -hmm. there weren't many that were abnormal to the things that I've heard about just from our family members or 
friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. Um, this takes us into the secondary big theme in the book, which is, is just coming to terms with health. Um, so living a healthier lifestyle, even if you don't want to, um, and maybe re-evaluating the way that you do live life. So living life a certain way, eating a certain way up to a certain age, and then going, oh, I can't do that anymore. I need to figure out how to do this differently if I want to continue living. Mm-hmm. So I've had help with that from you <laughs> because when I first moved here, I lived with you and you did more vegetarian than anything mm-hmm. else. And the only meat we ate was really chicken or turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found can also be a problem. Chicken. <laughs> but it's more healthy than red meat and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, when you get to this age, Things have to change if you want to continue to get older. Very true. And you need exercise. So now that I live with Joseph, then more focus is on the exercise because he put a treadmill out there in that room and I can access that every day and not fear of falling or twisting an ankle or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I think that um, was... There was a lot on my mind as they were going through some of their food concerns or just how to live a better, healthier diet. Uh, there's one memory I have that is really strong with me from, I think I was maybe 15, and it was the day that I had asked you about um, vegetarian burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't react well. <laughs> I, uh, you know grew up with you and and we always ate really good food um but from a, a young age I started thinking more about how to eat healthier mm-hmm. um and I know that that was something I really pursued when I moved out and went to college and started living on my own and feeding myself so well I had mom living there and Carlos living there and mom had heart issues I didn't know Carlos did but he did too mm-hmm. And so I was trying to cook in a way that would be more healthy for mom, but I'm still rooted in Southern cooking. And so vegetarian did not equate in my head. And so when you wanted veggie burgers, I just blew my top. Because it was just too much to add to the rest of it. But you got your veggie burgers. I did get my veggie burgers. I do remember getting them, liking them. I still like a good black bean burger. I do too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you changed my mind about a lot of things, Mm -hmm. more healthy things. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we talk a lot about the different ways that I cook, the way that my brother cooks, and the way that you cook, Mm -hmm. and some of the similarities in the the ways that we do things differently. I think... From you, I really learned how to cook simply mm-hmm. uh, and how to not always have to rely on a recipe that you can kind of just look in your fridge, look at what you have available. and See what goes together. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the book, these ladies, they're all black, but I think they, they adhere to Southern cooking, even though they're in California, mm-hmm. because... The foods that she listed that they usually have for her birthday dinners were definitely Southern, barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, potato salad, yeah, 
or raw rotten potatoes, things like that. I definitely had the view that these were southern Same. food ladies, even though they were in California. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that was on my mind while we were going through some of those chapters um, was how resistant she was with her doctor, Loretha. Oh, yeah. And I've been there. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I recall some of those moments personally with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I still have those moments. <laughs> um, so do you, so you want to say now here on the podcast that avoiding your doctor is not the way to ensure a healthy lifestyle. Especially in your 60s. <laughs> That's when you have to confront things and deal with them. I think that was um, definitely some of the more comedic moments of the book is when <laughs> Loretha would try to avoid or was sometimes just rude with her doctor. Oh, she was very rude. She hated that doctor. She did hate her doctor. And the doctor was just trying to take care of her. And she wasn't comfortable with her hating her. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't go over well at all. But I think towards the end, uh, Loretha starts to see, oh, okay, this this doctor really is trying to help me. Loretha's heard the message from her friends and her family. And I think that's just how life goes. Is Sometimes you get a message in life that you don't like, but it's the people that are close to you that make you reevaluate that feedback and and make it yours. Happens to me every day. <laughs> <laughs> like no cake grew. Uh-huh. I only had one small piece. <laughs> Such a goober. Okay. All right. Well, I think we can move on from here and kind of jump into two other uh, themes that are interrelated. The first one is just navigating child-parent relationships. I think that's a common theme that we see in a lot of books. Uh, that one is one that you and I have talked a lot about. Jalicia in this book really represents probably the biggest stressor on Loretha and throughout the book as she's dealing with her health concerns she realizes that is part of her health that if she doesn't confront and try to work on and fix or at least make amends with her daughter that that will have a physical toll or continue to have a physical toll on her. She loved her daughter but her daughter is hard to approach and and she's the reason they're estranged. Her daughter herself doesn't want to deal with Loretha but she comes to the point where she has to have immediate help and so Loretha looks into a psychologist to help her. She wanted a woman, a black woman psychologist for her daughter and this book is fictional, but I can tell you this that part right there helped me understand issues with a member of my family. Mm-hmm. And it was eye-opening for me. Yeah, I think that was a, a super interesting part of the book. It's not something that you read a lot about today mm-hmm. um, in books, particularly there was a lot, uh, there was a, a big connection between mental health and drug addiction, depression. Um, it was similar to reading Running with Sherman mm-hmm. in the way that you probably, I didn't expect to be reading about depression or addiction issues in a book like that. And then 
there it was. And it made sense the more that you thought about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I think paralleling, in parallel with Loretha's relationship to her daughter, Jalicia, what we didn't see as much of, but we got hints of through conversations between Loretha and her granddaughter, Cinnamon, was Cinnamon's own relationship to her mother, Jalicia. So throughout the book, you don't see their conversations together, but as Cinnamon is talking to her grandmother, you get tidbits about how their relationship is going. Mm-hmm. And Loretha's relationship with her own mother is good. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. So she's coming from a strong mother-daughter relationship and trying to deal with her own daughter. So it helped her, I think, in the end. And her mother, bring me some stamps. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd send her little notes. And it might be an uplifting saying or telling her to do something. Mm-hmm. But she, everything she got, she really needed when she got it. Mm-hmm. And that was the beauty of the mother-daughter relationship yeah. between them. That was very cool. It reminded me of how often you have written me. Uh, You wrote to me a lot when I was in college. You've written to me a lot less. I'll say that, Rue. Yeah, but we text. (laughs) What am I going to do? How am I going to save text? I've got a box of letters from you saved away because I know someday I'll need those to go through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you'll have podcasts. Oh, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So in... Similarly, on this path is navigating sibling relationships. We haven't talked a lot about Loretha's issues with her sister, Odessa. You hinted at the beginning, Ruth, that there is some envy, some jealousy, some uh, money issues. Definitely. She has helped her sister out of financial straits more than once, and she's getting tired of doing it. Mm -hmm. She wants her sister to think better about her own finances and try to deal with it better on her own but she she's not at that point yet and so there's some contention between the two of them Mm -hmm. and Odessa wants the mother's house and that Loretha owns and um Loretha is not going to give it to her Mm -hmm. she eventually does give it away to someone but it's not to her sister Mm -hmm. but that is a major bone of contention between the two of them. She wants that house. And right now she's getting an apartment in the apartment building that Loretha owns. Mm-hmm. And she's crowded it with all this stuff. <laughs> this little <laughs> apartment has all this stuff that used to be in a house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I thought that Odessa was a really interesting character. Uh, one of the things that I thought um, physically came out and her character was her possessions. She seemed to live a very shallow life. Mm-hmm. Possessions meant a lot to her. Uh, this is an argument you and I have gotten into a lot. I really mm-hmm. like a minimalist kind of lifestyle approach. I think it can be unhealthy when you attribute a lot of your happiness to what you own and that you can maintain a healthier, cleaner lifestyle if you have less and you can hold on to your gratitude if you live with less. So I know I have often encouraged you to donate things that you don't use. (laughs) You're frowning right now. You can tell how those have gone for us. 
Um, but I, I will say you definitely have worked on that as well, and that's been cool to see. But Well, one thing that really helped with that was selling my house. <laughs> <laughs> I had years of things in that house, and so you really know when you're selling your home and moving in with someone else that you have way too much stuff, mm-hmm. and you didn't need it. And uh, it's not that I loved it or depended on it for happiness, but it was just there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a habit of going through and donating what I wasn't using. Mm-hmm. Unless you would come home and do it behind my back, which <laughs> happened often. And I never even noticed it was gone. Except for teapots. He couldn't get away with that one. <laughs> you had a lot of teapots, to be fair. I gave teapots away. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, I think for Odessa's character, I thought that was really interesting she put a lot of her happiness into physical things. That, she did. I think, is always a path for trouble, uh, just in the relationships that I've seen play out in my life. That just never seems to go very well. You should. I think it's important that you find a way to be happy with yourself and without possessions, and that really came through clearly to me when I was reading through Odessa's character. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that she was a retired police officer... In my head, I'm thinking police officers are more orderly and disciplined, and I wasn't getting that from her, so it was kind of surprising to me. I think there's something there, and that's an issue I think we we see play out today in our society, is the expectation of what a police officer is, and then how police officers can actually act in real life. And so we've had... For several years now, this discussion about um, poor police behavior and whether that's the fault of the police officer or the citizen's fault, um, I think that's because that is a role that we have branded very well. There's a brand expectation when you think about a police officer that we've tied certain values and ethics to their role, that it should be such a service based role uh but people are human and and people don't always choose careers because it's a passion for them or it's something they really believe in maybe it's convenient or they just happen to fall into it um and i think that's they are there to serve and protect they are not there to shoot down unarmed people but that's i think you have to be able not the point of the chapters we've been reading but you do have to be able to recognize your own privileges and your own prejudices and and humans aren't we're not great at that you know and I think what you're hinting at here is like you're seeing this character that was a police officer you didn't see her live those values out in her personal life that just happens in life that's all I need to say is that was not as surprising but I do think her relationship to Laretha read pretty true to life oh yeah Mm mm-hmm I think that siblings really do fall into those, those, I think any sibling relationship falls into common pitfalls or has greater societal issues as far as who's the favorite child, how does attention get spread between siblings from a parent. Whether you had better opportunities mm-hmm. or you were given more, um, And really, your life is all about the choices you make on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think you can often see siblings fall into moments or feelings of envy, jealousy, anger. Um, and also, I think there's that common thread between siblings about who's doing the bulk of the work when it comes to a parent or yep. both parents. And so there's this common and constant scorekeeping. Yep. I think that's something I'm really grateful for about my own brother. Uh, I know that Joseph is a very competent and smart human. He does not rely on me, um, and he knows he can expect that from me as well, that we are self-sufficient and independent. Uh, but you work together where I'm concerned, so mm -hmm. that works. Yeah. But I do see those those issues play out amongst the, the siblings, amongst the, rela the sibling relationships from my friends and other family members, and I don't know, I think those relationships grow. I know that Joseph and my relationship, it's grown as I've gotten older. We've been able to relate better to one another and have more positive relationship, having more positive relationship together. Yep. So that was, that was a very interesting part of the book. Definitely felt true to life. Um, kind of circling back to the sisterhood, I don't know if we really made this a prominent note, but it definitely felt like Loretha, there was a period where in her depression over Carl's death, she tried to isolate herself and really yep. focus on her issues on her own. It was her sisterhood that dragged her forward and made her confront her issues. Some issues she had she didn't want to deal with on her own, and it was through her friends that she found a way to do it. So whether that, whether one of her friends had a, a similar or same issue, them talking about it made Loretha unbox it herself. Yep. That's so. what friends do. Very true. I think that really read true to life. And again, those were the more fun and interesting parts of the book to read. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. We also had a theme that is surprisingly very common in the books that we've been choosing. Um, but LGBTQIA uh, rights came up in the book. And uh, there were two characters that really... Uh, challenge some social norms or prejudices in other characters. Uh, two characters came out to her, and uh, in particular, she had to push back on her sister Odessa about this. Do you remember? She had to... <laughs> I think there was a point in the book where she or her mother had to say, gay people don't choose to be gay, mm -hmm. you moron. <laughs> I don't think that was the exact wording, but that was the point, was mm -hmm. it's not a choice. It was her sister making prejudiced comments that really forced some of that challenge in the book, where Loretha Made had her to, take a stand. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then she and her friends all sort of knew about one of them being inclined mm -hmm. that way as well. But mm -hmm. that friend didn't realize it yet. Yeah. But the rest of them knew. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can personally say everybody has their own journey in coming out and coming to terms with their own sexuality. For me, a lot of that has to do with societal expectations and the pressure that we put on ourselves 
that's a whole other podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a whole other box to unbox. But I just think it was handled well in the book. Yeah, I thought it was it was an interesting part of the book. I definitely enjoyed reading about it. I think that takes for me one of the last things to really hit on is just this overwhelming sense of gratitude. I think that Loretha really took the challenges that were thrown at her and she handled them well, or she did her best. She did her best and performed at her best when she approached those situations with gratitude. She yes. often had to go back and redo. <laughs> Yep, like we all do. Her first impression or reaction was not always right or didn't feel appropriate, but um, in just as in life, as she went back to her friends or her family members and continued to think on how she felt about a situation and get feedback from her peers about the people that mattered, she would go back. Um, mm-hmm. I think the doctor is a really good, her relationship with her doctor is a really good example of that because the more feedback she got about why it was important for her to take care of herself, she did go back and reevaluate. I've been treating this doctor unfairly. This person is just here to try and help me. I really haven't been trying to help myself. And she goes back and repairs that relationship and rededicates herself to her body, Mm -hmm. which is a really good message. Changed her life. But I think uh, there were a lot of situations like that. And, For me, the common theme was she found a way to be grateful, whether she tied it to continuing to grow in her life um, or improving a specific relationship. She found a way to make it about being grateful in that moment, about having the opportunity to improve, about just being alive. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a really cool part of the book. Yep. Excellent book. Were there any other themes, Rue, that you that still resonate with you that we haven't touched on? Nope. We did. Oh my gosh. Well, it was definitely a long read. I cannot believe how many themes and characters were packed into this book because it doesn't look that big. I think, again, 300 pages, that is a medium-sized book, I think, for us. I don't think that's a ginormous book, but... No. It felt like a marathon of emotions, and I think that is to the ability and authorship of Terry. Um, again, the author, Terry McMillan, I don't think either of us have read anything from her before. I hadn't, but I will read more of hers. Yeah, I think this was a fun read. There were, uh, she, has, she definitely has a, a knack for bringing out emotions in her characters that resonate with the real world. Um, I'm still kind of many of the I'm still surprised by how many themes she was able to pack into such a a short period Um, it felt like we were reading at least three different stories that were magically all tied together she definitely had a knack for that but again I will say it did feel you know the purpose of the book is to feel good and to have a happy ending she did a great job with that it runs a risk of being a little corny in some areas, but I think that's that feel-good nature that you don't get from a lot of books anymore. Especially the books that have been on our reading list group. Yeah, this was, you know, one of the better ones, I think. As <laughs> of, far as feeling good about reading. <laughs> and one of the happier ones, too. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Go ahead and read it, it's good. 
So we will return in our next episode to talk about more violence and murder. And war. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Root, I think we've already said it, but would you recommend reading this book? Yes. Me too. To all my friends. I'm really glad that you read this with me. Thank you again for continuing to read these books with me. And I'm sorry that I've been so busy and we haven't had as much time for the podcast. It's not a problem. I've been reading anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again to everyone that continues to join us as well. We really appreciate you. It's been really fun getting feedback from you all, um, friends and family, and, and even new people that are just joining the podcast because they find it through one of the many apps. Um, That's been really cool as well, just to hear your thoughts. So if you're reading along with us, we'd love to hear your thoughts on these books. Um, And Rue, we're coming up toward the end of our book list. So um, we're going to need suggestions soon. So we are open to book suggestions and we'll also be trying to come up with some of our own as well. Yep. Well, thank you all again. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.